Hello and welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast, Your Health Matters. I'm Mark Aiken, the podcast host for today. I'm the Stakeholder Engagement Manager with Nurse and Midwife Support, and I'm a registered nurse. Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives and students. The service is anonymous, confidential and free, and you can call us anytime about any issue you need support for. 1-800-667-877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au. My guest today is Lisa Evans. Lisa is the Director of Nursing, St John of God, Berwick Hospital. Welcome and hello, Lisa. Hello, Mark. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Lisa. Great to have you as our podcast guest for today. Lisa, please tell our listeners about your background, your role as Director of Nursing in supporting uh, students and graduates. Well, I've been a nurse for over 28 years now, I think graduated, wow. and um, I remember at about the age of 16, I decided that I wanted to be a nurse, and that made my life a whole lot easier because I knew what I needed to study and what I needed to aim for, and, and I think it's it's really good if you know what you want to do when you're 16, 17, and 18. Um, so that was, um, I think, something that was very fortuitous for me for to find out that I really wanted to be a nurse. Um, I then went on and I was on the cusp of hospital-based nursing and university-based nursing and I applied for every hospital-based program in the state that was still running and I got into none of them Um, and I made it into the university course by one mark. (laughs) Wow, well done. So so I ended up at university and I think it was a real blessing in disguise. I had a wonderful um, three years at um, what was then called Victoria College, which is now Deakin University, and I was part of the first group of nurses that was ever put through there in their um, bachelor program I made some wonderful friends and I had some wonderful experience and from about halfway through my three years as a student being a registered nurse I also attained the qualification of an enrolled nurse and that meant that I got to work on my weekends in in that capacity as well as still being a student so from then I have um, always worked in a nursing role I've had a really varied um, background Um, I've spent some time in the public sector I've spent time in the private sector and I also went into the corporate sector at one point and ran a flu vaccination program and set that up over three states, um, which was really rewarding. Um, I'm currently the Director of Nursing at St John Goddard Berwick. We're a non-for-profit organisation. We're a mission-based organisation, and I'm very lucky to, to lead a team of over 750 nurses here at Berwick providing care to um, thousands of patients every year and our hospital is now the size of about 200 beds. So we provide a, a range of services of um, various acuity um, and it's a really, really rewarding job. Thanks, Lisa. And here we are today making this podcast in your office in this beautiful new hospital. And I've had a tour. It's a, a beautiful hospital. So credit to you and your team who have um, set it up. And uh, I can tell that the culture here is um, is really positive, and we'll get to that uh, shortly. Lisa, why do you think nurse and midwife support is an important service for students um, and graduates? 
I think it's an excellent service. I think it's wonderful that they can actually reach out to something that's anonymous, that's separate to home life and separate to work life, and that on the other end of the phone has experts and people with experience listening to them and providing them with really good advice, empathy, compassion, and good advice about what their next step should be. And I think it's fantastic that that's at the one end of the phone. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. And we're really committed to ensuring that students and graduates get the support they need when and if they need it. So if you're a student or graduate or a person supporting students and graduates listening to this podcast, as Lisa says, don't hesitate to call us, 1-800-667-877. We're there whenever you need us, 24-7. Lisa, you and I know that being a student or graduate is a time of excitement insecurity and comes with certain challenges. What advice do you have for students and graduates regarding how to navigate this range of emotions and the roller coaster of experiences that they have? Yeah, it's a really good question, Mark. And, you know, it feels like the other day that I was a student nurse and even more frequent that I was a graduate nurse. And I do remember the nervousness that you feel every day when you're coming to work and the nervousness the night before you're coming on a new clinical placement or you're moving wards or something like that and something that you're not familiar with. Um, I've grown over the years to, to understand that nervousness is not always a bad thing, that it's your body telling you something, um, that it's parasympathetic nervous system getting ready to deal with what's ahead of you and that um, when your body's telling you something that it's actually, that's when you tune in and go, okay, what's it telling me and why? (laughs) And I talk to nurses all the time about this. If your gut says something's not right, you need to act on it and it's your brain's job then to work out what it is. (laughs) So you put things in in place. But nervousness is part of it. Um, It shouldn't be overwhelming. Absolutely, it shouldn't. And it's okay to let people know how you're feeling as well. Um, That Vulnerability is a is a big thing and that letting people know that you are nervous is being a little bit vulnerable to them because you don't know everything Um, and letting them know where you're not coping and how they can help you is is a really key thing. People don't, they can't read your mind. Um, So if something is out of scope or uncomfortable for you, it's really important to speak up and, um, and ask for help in those things. The biggest piece of advice that I give all my nurses and in particular the new grads that start and the students is you must maintain your balance of life. And it's really, really easy to burn out in your graduate year. It is the first time that you will work 48 weeks in a row, shift work, (laughs) doing lates, doing earlies, rotating onto night duty and you get tired. You get tired and become emotional. You make poor decisions when you're like that. So it is a really, really important year of giving self-care to yourself. I advise them all that they need to eat well, they need to sleep well, and they need not to burn the candle at both ends in between when they're working. But to also enjoy this year. It's the first year that you don't have to do study. You're not juggling a part-time job while you're working, studying, and doing clinical placement. So some things in their life will get a whole lot easier, and they'll earn a good income in their first year but they need to make the most of their downtime and they need to be able to practice good techniques at home to ensure that they are rested for when they come to work. It's really, really important that when you're a caregiver and all nurses are caregivers, is that they fill their bucket and that they come to work being ready to able to deliver care. So good food, good sleep, looking after themselves is the advice that I give them. Great advice, Lisa. You've really um, reinforced what we say at Nurse Midwife Support, which is for your own cup first. And at Nurse and Midwife Support, as many of our regular listeners to this podcast will know, we have Nurse and Midwife Support mugs. 
And Lisa and I sitting here in front of the microphone making this podcast with our nurse and midwife support mug. So we say, fill your own mug first, because as a nurse or a midwife or student or graduate, when you get to have a drink, you need a decent size mug. And if you want to order our mugs, you can do so online. So contact me via the website. So great, great advice, Lisa. We're very committed at Nurse and Midwife Support to embedding the philosophy of self-care right at the beginning of people's careers and their journey into nursing and midwifery. So if we can give you one take-home from this podcast, as Lisa says, it's commit to your self-care and find that balance in your life. So thanks, Lisa. And I still have to reiterate that with even senior managers. Oh, indeed. <laughs> and, indeed. you know, they they have to listen and, you know, when they do take care of themselves, their outcomes in the workplace are so much better. Yeah, good advice. Lisa, thinking back to when you were a student or graduate, and, um, you know, it's uh, many years ago for you and I, uh, students, uh, uh, what are some of your memories about the challenges you experienced and how did you overcome them? So when I was a student, we would do clinical placement in hospitals alongside hospital nursing students. So there was a real line, a real demarcation between the hospital trained and the college trained or the university trained nurses back then. And we we always felt as university graduate or students that we had to work a whole lot harder to earn the right to breathe the same oxygen in the air. <laughs> and that it was only when we'd cleaned up biggest mess that you could find <laughs> happily with a smile on your face and to somebody else's standard that you were then worthy of doing something else that was more clinically orientated so it, it it was a it was a culture of intimidation back then absolutely and um we had to work you know you had to be pretty strong to to get through to get through those things um i used to find i'd come onto a handover in a ward and back those days we never did bedside handover you had a full handover of all the patients in the ward and i used to set myself this little this little goal that by the end of that rotation i was taking care of the two patients that were the sickest the ones that at the beginning of the rotation i couldn't imagine myself looking after I wanted to be confidently looking after those patients at the end of my rotation. And that was my goal that I set every single clinical placement. And it worked. And I used to feel a whole lot of um, achievement and satisfaction in in knowing that by the end of that placement, I was looking after those patients in the single room and I was nailing it. And I was calling doctors and I was doing a whole lot of other things that at the beginning of that placement, I never thought that I could do. So... Um, that was sort of how I used to set my goals around being a student um, and it worked and as a graduate it was the same thing so then you, your benchmarks moved you moved from not just having the clinically most challenging patients but to wanting to be in charge or being a team leader and leading a team of people through a shift and then wanting to go on and become an ANUM and then you know into management positions and things like that but every time you start a job it doesn't matter what it is you never feel like you're going to be able to do it <laughs> Or you feel like you're going to be able to nail it. And, you know, within six months, you're usually pretty confident in what you're doing. And, you know, by the end of the year, you're usually nailing it. So there have always been little goals and things that I've set for myself along the way. Great points, Lisa. I really like setting goals and and, and stretching your goals, if you like. Because yeah, I guess what yeah, you did was yeah. you set the goals and then you stretch them to look after the sickest patients on the and ward. And I never thought I was capable of any of that. I mean, yeah. here's someone that didn't get into hospital-based nursing. I only got into university-based course by one mark 
and you know never got anything above a C or a D until I went on my first clinical placement and then I got a high distinction. <laughs> so I had to work really hard to get where I wanted to go, but yeah. I never really believed in myself um, that I was capable of those things. So I just used to start setting small little goals for myself and I started to achieve them and it was really rewarding. And your goal was to be a nurse and you succeeded and you became a nurse and you've had um, a, a very interesting and um, eclectic career as many nurses and midwives mm, do. Yeah, yeah. And you and I, Lisa, previously worked together, which is part of the reason we're here yeah. here today, because in nursing and midwifery, people form lifelong and friendships throughout their career. When I was a director of nursing, we worked together. And you held many different roles in that time because I kept seeing an opportunity for you and presenting it to you. And I don't know if you'd, set, no, the, no, no, you yeah, <laughs> if you'd yeah. set those as goals for yourself, but maybe I'd set them as goals. Well, they kept me interested, Mark. Yeah. They kept me interested and they made me feel that you believed in me and it kept me there. Good. And I really enjoyed our time working together and I continue to enjoy our friendship. You kindly said um, several times to me that I was a mentor for you. Why do you think having a mentor or mentors is important for students and graduates? Oh, it's important for everyone. But yeah. it is so important that someone believes in you and because other people see things in yourself that you don't see. And it is one of the key things that we must do is point out people's strengths. We've become very good at pe pointing out people's faults and whilst that can sometimes be appropriate and necessary in particular situations, it's really, really important that we tell each other what they do well and, and what you see in somebody else because quite often that person will ne never see that. Now, that day you said to me on my first day of working with you <laughs> that I see you as the next director of nursing here, I nearly died. I couldn't believe that you would have formed that opinion about me in that sort of short period of time. Now, that was after I'd come out of a period in my life where I, I didn't know where I was going in my nursing direction. I really didn't. And, and I certainly didn't believe that I had any capability whatsoever. And I'm now six years down as a don. Yeah. And, um, you know, people that knew me beforehand, you know, you know, you, you can't believe that you get to this space. But I wouldn't have got to that space if it hadn't been for you and for you shining that light on me and then going forward and giving me the opportunities, A, to grow and B, to be able to perform and, um, you know, show myself in this space. I'm immensely grateful for that. And I try very hard to do that to all of my managers and anyone else I see. And it's one of the things that I love the most about my role. It is the, the job satisfaction you get when one of your team grow and take on something bigger than what they're currently doing. It's fantastic, you know, and I, I love it when I see students that want to be graduate nurses, that want to continue in nursing. I love it when my grads finish their year and actually say, I'm going to go somewhere else and learn all of these other things that you talked about I need to have. And then I'm going to come back to you in five years and I want to be one of your managers. I love it. It's great. So it is really important. And I think it's something that... Um, not all nurses do really well, and we really need to get a whole lot better of it as a, as a profession in, in recognising people's strengths. We all need succession plans. Um, my success is absolutely the You know, everybody else's success underneath me is my success, so why wouldn't I want them to shine and grow? When people come and work for me, regardless of whether they're working in my hospital as a student or they're here as a graduate or they're here as a nurse unit manager, I want them to leave having grown professionally and grown personally as a result of working here. 
Great philosophy, Lisa. No wonder your culture's fantastic at this hospital. Uh, There's a number uh, of reasons why the culture's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that's yeah. right. It's not dependent on a, a one, one person. person. It's a team and it's a, yeah. you know, there's organisational culture. You know, we're a non-for-profit mission-based organisation that's very values-based and, you know, we, we live and breathe against our values every day. We recruit to them, we manage to them, we work towards them. We roll them out every day um, and that's really, really important and I'm really lucky to be part of an executive team that shares that and is like-minded and, um, and diligent and, and strong. And um, as a result of that, we're able to support our managers. You know, very much as an executive, we see our role as supporting our managers to be able to do their job the best that they can. And the managers should be supporting the clinical staff to do their job the best they can. That's what we're all here for. Great, Lisa, so inspirational. If you're a student or a graduate listening to this, our advice to you is find somebody, another nurse or, uh, or midwife, who you think is exceptional and tap them on the shoulder and invite them to have a cup of coffee with yeah. you and ask them how they got to where they are and use them as a bit of a role model. And a mentor, I've adopted several mentors in my career, I've taken them out for a cup of coffee and said, you don't know it yet, but you're one of my mentors. And they usually laugh and they're very generous about um, entering into that relationship to enable me to access information or support from them that has enabled me to, you know, get to where I've got to in my career, which is, you know, like yours, Lisa, been, been, been very eclectic. It's very flattering, though, when someone says that you're, you know, I, I want to be like you. Very. It's very flattering. No one's going to knock that back. So, Lisa, supporting... Students and graduates is everyone's responsibility, Absolutely. as we know. What advice do you have for nurses and midwives listening to this who may be thinking, how can I best support students and graduates? I think empathy is a really big thing that they must hold. And it's really easy for nurses and midwives to become so consumed with what they have on their plate for the day that they forget what it was like to be in that situation as a student um, or as a graduate. And we've all been there um, and you've got, to, you've got to flip your mind back and remember what it felt like and remember the nervousness and things. Um, if you're a manager of a team of people, I think it's, you know, about taking your, your, your caregivers down that path and reminding them themselves. Um, but then also, you know, finding some time and support and as a manager supporting your caregivers to have that time to provide to those students and um, graduates because they're absolutely worth it. You know, they are our future workforce and the more time we spend with them, the better work ready they're going to be and the more help they're going to be to your organisation, your profession and, and your life in general. I mean, there's also this thing in nursing, Mark, where we're, um, we're not just sustaining a workforce. These are the people who are going to be caring for us when we're unwell or when we're in aged care or whatever. So I kind of feel that it's this investment in on, on your life as well as just oh, what yeah. you do at work. It's, it is really important. You know, we, we want nurses that understand our um, our health beliefs and who are good assessors and, you know, who are really kind, caring and compassionate because regardless of how technological we become in healthcare and that changes all the time, um, our core is still our core and we have to be able to listen and we have to be able to communicate um, with our patients and with each other. I really want to see nurses caring for nurses more. Oh, totally agree. Our current newsletter, Lisa, is about supporting students and graduates to thrive. 
you've given some tips already to students and graduates and nurses and midwives to enable them to thrive in the, the work, the study and the, um, the care that we provide. So self-care was one of those. Seeking a mentor was another. Do you have any other tips for them? Look, I think one of the things that I do now that I never did when I was younger is understand how I tick a little bit, a lot better than what I did when I was in my 20s. So understanding your personality type, understanding your, your tr- what are you passionate about, what are you not passionate about, understanding um, your triggers that make you upset and make you feel vulnerable, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, that whole emotional intelligence piece that will change as you move through life and you grow. There's no doubt about that. But I think if I could go back to my 20-year-old self and reflect about who I was at that point and what I wanted and what I and what really aligned with me from a values perspective as well as an interest point of view I think I I think that's a good thing to do <laughs> I mean you know some when you're in senior leadership you end up doing a whole lot of stuff around your personality profile and, and I've done a whole lot of executive coaching which has done a whole lot of testing um, to really show me what my strengths were and what my weaknesses were. Um, and that's been incredibly helpful for me in terms of what I focus on and, and what I try and improve on and what I get help in. <laughs> so they're, they're the things that I would, you know, it's just understanding you, just understand you and what you want. Set your goals and, and reevaluate your goals, write them down. I'm really good at keeping a journal now and um, I don't write it every day. I've got a great journal that I take with me to the hairdressers. <laughs> so every five weeks I fill out my journal and I answer a whole lot of questions that's prompted in this journal. It's a journal for, for leadership um, and I'm doing that every five weeks when I go to the hairdressers. And, um, and it's really good. So I come out of there feeling a little bit reinvigorated as well as having better hair than what I did when I went in. <laughs> So reflection, self-awareness, yeah. a better understanding of yeah. you, keeping a journal assist to document that and, yeah. and enable reflection. Yeah, and, and looking after yourself. You know, yourself, there needs yeah. to be a balance. You know, it can't just all be work and it can't just all be another. Work is a, a great part of what we do. Work in life, work gives you purpose. It gives you meaning. It gives you reason to get out of bed. It, um, it opens so many doors for you. And for me, nursing has never just been about a paycheck. It's been about what I do and how I go about doing it and the people that you meet along the way. I mean, I have some extraordinary friendships that are still with me. I mean, I had a girlfriend over last night that came with me to the Royal Melbourne Hospital to do our testing for um, training. We both failed. And then she lined up next to me at Victoria College to enrol. And that was all those years ago. And I had drinks with her and her husband last night. So you keep these friends for lifelong. um, And they're special friends because you see the extraordinary when you're nursing. You see people at their most vulnerable. You see them in their most emotional states um, and you do a lot together that a lot of your other friends don't ever understand and it grows you you grow as a result of what you do at work so it's it's really important that you that you love what you do yeah and we met several of your staff members as we did the tour of the hospital and I really connected with those people who you said and I could tell were passionate about the work that they were doing mm-hmm. and I think for me being passionate about what you do as a nurse or a midwife is key to the success of 
our careers. So my advice to you students and graduates listening is find an area in nursing and midwifery that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. and commit to it. And you may not remain passionate about it. Well, there's a big wide world out there. There are so many areas to work in. And I became a nurse because I wanted to be a midwife and I wanted to work in paediatrics. And I've never spent a day working directly in either of those. (laughs) Because everything else that I have gone into I have found that I loved and there's been many things that have taken me left field than what I ever expected I mean when you and I worked together I became very interested in in aged care and dementia and um, if I hadn't have taken this role I think that would have been the direction that, that I took and I would have never ever foreseen that as a student nurse there are so many ways that you can spend your day as a nurse and um every job that I've every new job that I've had has felt like a new career so, you know, it's not all over if you don't particularly like a placement where you're at or or the facility that you're working at. It can also depend on who you work for. Yep. Lisa, you've created a supportive workplace culture for students and graduates here. What do you think are the important elements of the success of this culture? They need to feel like they're part of the team when they come to to work on placement is that they're not silos. Um, You know, I saw a student this morning um, having some education with one of our educators around the telemetry system. That's fantastic. Um, They need to feel that that they belong and that they're part of the team. And so that's inclusiveness around handover and around, you know, mentoring them and preceptoring them during the shift. They also need to know um, what to speak up about and feel that they can speak up about something that they're not comfortable with and escalate. So that open communication with team leaders and with caregivers on the ward and nurse unit managers where required absolutely needs to be there. They need to feel safe um, and they need to feel that that they're operating within their comfort zone and that's all about our communication and our support to them. Thanks, Lisa. Lisa, what do you say to students or graduates who are struggling or feeling overwhelmed and are thinking, this may not be the career for me. It's okay to feel like that, and it may not be for everyone, and and that's okay. I think it's important to, to talk to the right people, and, um, you know, the nurse and midwife support is one of those avenues that you can do. Um, I think it's important to, to maybe try another area and or even try another organisation um, if it's not what you like. But, you know, if... If you are feeling overwhelmed and you feel that this is not what I want to do every day, um, then redirect yourself. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. And and, and there's plenty of other options to to spin off from what you've done as a nurse as well. I mean, there's many, many nurses that moves into paramedics, that moves into OT or physio, into other domains of the health sciences. And, um, you know, your nursing degree is a great apprenticeship for life, so it's never going to be wasted, (laughs) even if you choose not to work in it. But of course, we want to keep you in nursing and midwifery. And if you want to speak to somebody about how you're feeling, don't hesitate to call Nurse and Midwife Support. 1-800-667-877. Anonymous and confidential and free. Lisa, I can't believe it. We've got to the end of the podcast. We could talk all all day. I know we could. Uh, So today we've talked about Nurse and Midwife Support as a service. Some of the challenges for students and graduates the key elements for a positive workplace culture, the importance of mentors to the success of students and graduates. We provided tips for thriving, not just surviving, and the importance of accessing support early if you are struggling. Mm. Lisa, do you have any final words of wisdom? 
Look, to all of you that have chosen nursing as a career, congratulations, or are thinking of choosing it as a career, um, I say congratulations as well. I think it's a career for life. Um, no two days are ever the same. You will never, ever look at your clock or your watch and go, when does this shift finish? You will never have enough time to do all the things that you want to do in the shift. And if you go home and you think, I can't wait to go back tomorrow to see what happened with patient X, Y, Z, then, you're a real, then you really love it. And um, I'm always interested in the stories and what happens to your patients. And that hasn't changed. My heart still sings for the craft of what it did when I was a student nurse. So I'd say congratulations on your choice. Um, seek out your mentors. Get the help that you need. Keep your balance of life. If it's a part-time job for you, then that's okay as well. Um, but, but there's so many things you can do with the nursing career. And I always say it's my... It's an apprenticeship for life and I'm always very grateful for the opportunity to have um, been a nurse. Thank you, Lisa. You've been a great guest. I know students and graduates listening to this will benefit from what you've had to say and your words of wisdom. You can find out more at nmsupport.org.au. We've got some great resources on our website. We've got a series of podcasts and newsletters. Or you can call us, as I said, anytime on 1800 667 877. If you found this podcast useful, please share it with other nurses, midwives, graduates and students. This is important because your health matters. Look after yourself and each other. Mm-hmm.